this is Forever Collector here. We're talking Collectors Anonymous today with a big, big name in the space. His name is Chris DiChiara, better known as Canto underscore Chris on Instagram. Welcome, Lesser brother. known by Canto Chris on Instagram. Yep. Currently. <laughs> he's uh, he's on? a big collector of Pokemon. Um, he's also has a very, very extensive knowledge and expertise in card grading. Um, so there's any questions that I have, I, I, I normally go to him. Uh, he's He's done a lot for the community. He's definitely done a lot for the friends that are around him, including myself. Lucky to be able to call you a friend. Um, but no, I just wanted to yeah. come and bring you on the show to talk about you and talk about you know, how long you've been in the hobby and, you know, the type of stuff that you got into when you first got into the hobby and what you're into now. So, yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah, I'm happy you're finally bringing out the big guns in the show, man. You know, finally bringing somebody credible on here. So, <laughs> might as well just make this episode one. You know, oh, just hell start no. over. That's funny. You know? But, yeah, man, it's fun. Uh, nice to be here. Nice to have something to do right now. Been sitting around today, so... Cool man, excited. So what do you? But um, yeah, um, no, I mean, how long you been in the hobby for? I mean, you know, I guess like most of us, it's kind of been a lifelong thing, you know. But I guess um, I think what got me really back into cards was uh, like the Heart Gold Soul Silver era when I was in high school when that came out. I remember when I was a little kid, I hated second generation like i never played pokemon gold as a little kid i hated the idea of a new pokemon i was like right. if it's not one one it's not real pokemon you know i was at the time I, I hated it and then you know when the when they relaunched it you know i got cart gold or and i had soul silver and i just fell in love with it and i remember just like you know i was busting tables at the time in high school to make a little extra money and all the money i was getting i was going to toys r us in the mall and buying yep. packs and then you know now i look back at the packs that i had that I'd opened up because I actually just found a binder from when I was in high school that has like Holland Phantoms cards in it and stuff. Because back then you get with the blisters and you'd have like some uh, undaunted packs in there or whatever, and then you'd have like a random like EX series pack, you know? Yep, it was yep, old, I remember those. I remember those. Yeah, right. Now worth tons of money, but back then it was just like I didn't know what the hell it was, you know? But it's like twenty bucks. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, right. Not even like thirteen bucks for like three packs or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Pokemon, man, it always kind of gave me a um, a little bit of an uh, escape from like real life. And then, you know, when I got older and I had a little bit more money, it kind of manifested a little bit. And then, you know, it's probably been like five or six years that I've been like really like actually like spending money and collecting good things. And you know, as a kid, I never had a Charizard. I was never the biggest Charizard fan as a kid. I like Blastoise and I like Dragonite as a little kid. Same. But like, I, I never. I never had a Charizard. So then when I got older, I decided that I want to have every Charizard. So years ago, I started collecting Charizards in PSA 10s. And now I have 130 or 140 PSA 10 Charizards that I spent hardly anything for. But, but you know, it's just been, uh, it's been fun. It's always given me like a little bit of an escape from, from real life. You know, you kind of just can move into a different, uh, different world for a little bit and, and be somebody else. You know, it's kind of, um, it's been a fun hobby. It's turned into more of like a, you know, a business in a lot of senses too. But, you know, when I think about who I have as, as friends today, you know, most of them are people that I've met through Pokemon just because it's just such a common interest that you share with, with somebody else, another grown man, you know, like I'm in my late twenties and, 
you know, you meet other people that are in their 30s and their 40s even and whatever. And it's just like, you know, you can just share this love for something that's not supposed to be made for 30 year olds, I guess. But, but yeah, it's just uh, it's always been fun. It's always been a good hobby, a nice little escape. And then now, yeah. you know, now the market has kind of become what it is. It's just a bonus. You know, I haven't gone and sold everything that I have or anything. You know, I grew up in the collecting and in, in the sports car collecting and everything else and autograph collecting huge autograph collector as a kid from like athletes my dad uh, owned a member or started to, to run a memorabilia shop with his uncle, my uncle. but um that's actually you know, pretty cool around, yeah i grew up around it i grew up with grading i grew up with bgs and everything I, I was exposed to it i didn't know a whole lot about it but i was exposed to it and right. the signings and whatever and you know i was always around and i always loved it um and you know my dad always taught me like Cause I would always ask like, what's this worth? What's this worth? And my dad would always say, I don't know. And I don't care. He would say, you know, collect it because you enjoy it. Not because it's going to be worth money. And if it becomes worth money, then that's great. But that shouldn't be the motivator behind collecting something. You know, you should collect it because you really enjoy it. And that's what I've done. And I, I spent, you know, all this time collecting Charizards. I, I end up just really liking Charizards. And then now look at them. Now they're worth all this money and yeah. I can't sell them because I just like them too much. But you know, if I did have to sell them, awesome i got you know i got i got money on the shelf but but you know i, I never did it because I, I thought that it was going to be worth what it is now it's just that, that ended up being just like a byproduct of of the you know the love for the for the thing so i know and that, i think i've That's talked the, about the that short. before on how important that is um because i think that if you're doing what you love and you're, you're going with your passion the money will always follow you know what I'm saying? And so, like, you never... Not always. That shit... Well, <laughs> it, 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 it it can, you know? And I think that if you work hard enough at it, it, it can, yeah, you know? Yeah, if can. So, yeah. but at same, same thing, though. And most people aren't willing to dedicate themselves to this type of thing to, to, to be successful in anything in their life. So it's not necessarily even... You know, Pokemon, it's it's a lot of different things. And I think that, you know, me being passionate about this and has done very well for me. It's not not only financially, but like you said, with friends, like I've some of my closest friends right now are purely based in the Pokemon community. That's the catalyst. And so I think yeah. that a lot you, of um, you've been in it a little bit less than I have, but you know when you oh, got yeah, into definitely. it, you're a veteran. You've yeah. been around for a long time, and you've yeah. But been... what I'm saying is when when you got into it, I mean, you're the stuff that you invested in is kind of like what I. I mean, I wasn't. I didn't buy it as an investment. I collected it. Right. I collected Charizard and PSA tens. You got into more of like sealed product stuff, which also, I mean, that's that's obviously the safest thing to buy, right? Is because it's no matter what, it's not going to get any more it's going to continue to get rarer no matter what, you know? So your, your value is always going to be there when it comes to seal product. But I mean, you had plenty of times where you could have just cashed out and yeah, quadrupled times 10, your money, whatever, you know, on the stuff that you had, but you enjoyed it. So you kept it and you mm -hmm. didn't do anything with it. And then, you know, look at it now, you, you could have probably cashed out and made, you know, six figures off it a couple of years ago or a year ago, whatever, but you chose not to because you enjoy it. And then look at it now, you've got, you know, way more than that now. So, you know, it just goes back to what I said. If when you just really enjoy it and you love it and you collect it because you like it, you know, the money is kind of, it's there if you ever need it, you know, you'll never be homeless. You'll never, right. you know, go hungry, but you know, if your, your life doesn't get any better by selling it, 
you know, like your life is going to be the same kind of no matter what. You don't have like a tangible thing that you'd like need to have the money for. And that's kind of where I am, where it's like, I would love to have extra, an extra, you know, hundred thousand dollars in my, in my account. You know, yeah. I would love to just cash out. I had that money, but like my life ultimately will not be altered very much by having the extra money. And I do. Okay. I do just fine. You know what I mean? So it's, yep. that, that's where it, where it comes down to. And if you don't have to sell anything, then don't sell it. And it's, you know, also, uh, like uh, kind of right like the other coin I like about that, the other side of that coin is uh, the fact that somebody can pull their collection out of their their closet and buy a new wedding ring for their loved one, or you know, pay off yeah. that car or pay off that student loan, and be able to take something from their childhood and positively positively affect their future or their presence, and. Yeah. That's that's very very special. Like, there's not. I don't think there's a lot of other things that, like, you know, like the average person could probably have in their closet or their parents' closet that could change their life in that way. It's like there's rarely anything one else my, uh, that's on that level, and that's crazy. One of my favorite stories, and I can show you the uh, the card. I still have it. But um, going back when I first got into like hardcore collecting, one of the first things that I ever bought was um there was this guy who had this is when like gym series packs first edition packs were like you know 30 bucks a pack you know and um his card shop had a box and he was buying packs out of the box for 30 bucks a pop whatever and he was opening them and he got a charizard got playing charizard and um you know at the time grading wasn't as big as it is today obviously and he never graded it and this is i'm, I'm going back five years or more at this point in the story and um, the guy needed his best friend was getting his brother, I think, was getting married and he couldn't afford a tuxedo rental for his, uh, you know, for his his brother's wedding. And he sold me that Blaine's Charizard for, I think, one hundred and sixty bucks. Just and enough, huh? I, and I can show it to you right now. Oh, no, I'll find it. It's in the Charizard box. This dude um, has a crazy, crazy collection. It's really, really insane. Look at all those Ludicolos. Yeah, yeah. Do you, still, card, do you still right? have that Ludicolo that I gave you? I'm sure I do. Yeah, I don't sell it. It came back so in this 10. Is the, uh, this is the uh, $160 uh, tuxedo rental right here. Now it's worth, what, <laughs> 10000 bucks now? Something like that? Yeah, yeah. So it's just, well, like you said, you know, I mean, something that you got when you were a kid that means nothing to you anymore. And can get you something like a tuxedo for your brother's wedding you know it's like you said you go in your closet and pull out something that doesn't mean anything to you and then it means something to somebody else and then yep. it, it helps improve your life and gives you something that tangible that you need and then you know here i am with my my blade showers are that i paid 160 dollars for you know so and then spend at the time like eight dollars to grade it for the psa and got it back in a month and a half <laughs> <laughs> Back in the day. Yeah, yeah. That was those are the good old times. The good old times. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I remember those. When we could get submissions back in less than six months. <laughs> six months, man. Six when they hit six months, that was like we were all like, you know, fuck that, man. Six months? What are you kidding me? Now it's like if you tell me in six months, I'll do a cartwheel, you know, I'll, I'll pay extra. <laughs> <laughs> like I'll like yeah, I know. I definitely, I've, I've been doing a lot of express submissions. Yeah, and those are taking a month. 
Yeah, and they're still costing almost a hundred dollars a card. It's really expensive, yeah. but I'm just doing a lot of the stuff that I like um, that I know are going to ten out, and so yeah, mm-hmm. you got. I mean, it, it's safer now. You know, it's so much safer now because the value has caught up. And you know, I mean, this stuff has been undervalued for so long. You know, when I graded that Charizard, when I graded this Blaine's, like I remember when I graded this, it was worth in a ten. I think it was like four or 500 bucks, mm. you know? So it, it doesn't really make sense. I guess in that sense it does, but like back, back then it wouldn't have made sense to express it or to, to pay it 60, $70 a grade. Yeah. Right. You know? And it's crazy. Cause back, back then the PSA 10 Charizard was 500 bucks, but then the box was 2000, you know? And well, yeah, there was money to be made and people didn't really, um, but you got to remember too that the other cards in that box weren't really worth anything because yeah, the Blaine's Arcanine was a close second, I think. Um, but I think it's got it was undervalued back then at like a hundred bucks or two hundred bucks. Yeah. I remember I got the Nitto King. Yeah, Nitto King is line. super cheap. Yeah. Yeah, and I remember I got it from the guy, the same guy, because he had both of them. He graded a ten, and. I had it online. I couldn't. I couldn't give it away for like ninety bucks in a ten because I didn't want it. You know, I wasn't an Indian collector. I wish I still had it, obviously. But I had it. <laughs> I had it for like ninety bucks, man, and I could not sell it to save my life at yeah. ninety bucks. Yeah, and that's one of the bigger cards in that says the King. People like Nitto King, but it's just I could not. And at the time, I wasn't making a ton of money or anything. You know, I was. You know, being able to to make seventy bucks on a car—that was a big come up. You know, that was a dream back then. Yeah, (laughs) I was like all about it, but I don't even remember what I sold it for. I remember I had it at like a hundred bucks or ninety bucks, and nobody—I had it on eBay and nobody making an offer on it. I had it on Facebook, nobody would touch it. It was just yeah. Some of those cards are still like in a PSA ten or under thousand dollars, which is super super affordable. A lot of people are like, "Oh, they're priced out. They're priced out," but. When you can still get first edition PSA ten hollows for less than a thousand dollars, I think that's yeah. that's pretty pretty something to say there. It's not completely unreachable, and I think a lot of Pokemon that people like are still very very obtainable. It just takes a little extra work. That's all. It's been undervalued for years, man. It's just like when you think about it, you know, Pokemon is the number one franchise media franchise in the world you know and it, it has been and, and nothing's any is anywhere near touching it you know the the top five disney franchises don't even equal pokemon and sales you know it's, it's just like to think that the value of the pokemon cards and how nostalgic they are were so cheap for so long yep. it just doesn't make sense you know and it just it caught up you know it, it all caught up but like you know when i think back a few years i was talking about this the other day where it's like I had friends that were collectors of one thing or another and we would just send each other stuff, you know, because it was just like, we were all bros. So it's like, Oh, you like mm-hmm. Gyarados. Cool, man. I just graded this Misty's Gyarados. I got a 10, you know, Merry Christmas. But, you know, like you I, know. I gave a, uh, I gave a friend of Blastoise, you know, the guy, but I, I gave him a PSA. I know. I gave one of my homies a PSA nine Blastoise and it went to almost three grand. And he was like, what the hell, yeah. Carlos? Yeah. <laughs> And back I, then, um, it was like a $40 card. Nobody gave a shit about it, dude. Oh, my God. You could buy them for, yeah. Dude. <laughs> I, I remember I had I had a few PSA 10 base set Unlimited Blastoises that I got like 300 bucks out of them. And I was like, yeah! Because <laughs> I paid like 40 for them, you know? I was like, yes! Yeah. Yep, yep. Baby. Going to Fogarty Chow tonight. Right? You know, right. It, was, it was bad. 
know, but but now well, that went to like eight thousand bucks, man. I, I sold my, I had one Blastoise left that I kept, and it hit, it, it went up to like a grand, and I was like, dude, this has been a three hundred dollar card for years. Like, the person paying me a grand for this is the biggest idiot on earth right now. So I just sold it, and, um, <laughs> and then it, it went, went over double. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's just stupid. I had, I, I held on for like two or three years. I had, I had seven um, PSA nine base set Charizards, which was a hundred and twenty five dollar card for years. For years and uh, hundred and twenty five dollars, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, for years, and I um, and I was sitting. And I, I needed money actually for the Fakuda signing at the beginning of last year, nice. which uh, you know, first in person, and um. You know, I needed money for him. And I remember going to, uh, I don't know if I should mention anything about his name, but I remember going to Zed and asking Zed if he would buy five of them from me for a thousand bucks. And he was like, no, he's like, it's, it's not enough room for me. Like, he's like, I, I yeah. can't, it's, it's, I'm not going to overpay 200 bucks for a car. I'm not going to pay $200 for a PSA 9 Charizard. It's not enough room. Yep. And then what did I go to? Three, four thousand. No, at one point they were even higher than that, weren't they? They, they went to like, I think some, it went to like 6,500. That was the highest. I, I sold five of them at the beginning of last year for two hundred bucks a piece, and I was like, I would put them up for two hundred bucks, and people would be like, "Would you do like one ninety? You know, like I was like getting haggled at two hundred. Yeah, bucks. yep, yep. I you know, it was. That. I thought like, hey, I made a thousand bucks, and I spent, you know, spent that money on Fakuda cards, and now I wish I hadn't done it, obviously. But what are you gonna do? When I mean, cards at the same time, those Fakuda cards are worth a lot of money. I mean, depending on which ones you got, if you got gold stars, hopefully. Yeah, I got I got tons of really cool Fakuda stuff. But I, you know, I had other stuff I could have sold for a thousand bucks. Oh, but yeah. it's like that was easiest thing, and I was like, I've been sitting on it for all these. That's years. a lease attachment, like, oh. so you're like, get it out of here. Yeah, I don't, I don't do much with. I still have a nine, so it's like I just kept it. I got rid of yeah. it. But yeah, it's just it's crazy to think we're you know. And I, I'm I'm not gonna complain. You know, I've made you know a good amount of money in the past year with all the, the prices going up and everything. So I can't complain. But it's just like, you know, man, if you could go back in time and just give yourself a, you know, a little bit of insight. Yeah, I know. Look great. at all the boxes I've broken. You know, like if yeah. I would have just sat yeah. on them and never yeah. never sold another box or did another box break. You know, I mean, I probably wouldn't be who I am today at the same time, but. You know, I mean, it's all for a reason, and so I don't, I don't dwell on that at all. So it's, it's just part of the game. You know, you you win some, you lose some, and yeah. no big deal. And I've yeah, won a lot this like, year, so whatever. Yeah, yeah. I remember I was buying Digimon for sixty, seventy dollars a box, and then I sold them for like a hundred and something. And I figured I'd throw my money, you know, because the prices just weren't going anywhere. And then like when this whole nostalgia boom happened, now they're doing eight hundred dollars a box. You know, mm -hmm. it's like. Same with Harry Potter, bro. I was buying Chambers yeah. of Secrets box, which is like the rarest box in the series. And yeah. I, I was buying them like, what, two, $300 a box? And now you can't find them for less than 2 k Yeah. Yeah, it's stupid, man. Yu-Gi-Oh! Yu-Gi-Oh! Is, yep, is Yu -Gi -Oh! is on fire. Yeah, man. It's, um... I, it was crazy, that the, uh, just the, the market, to, to think about it. And I could be totally wrong with this, but when I when I last looked, the um, the the Charizard in a ten, the first edition Charizard in a ten, was doing more than a Michael Jordan rookie card in a ten, and it's just kind of like because I think the Michael Jordan was doing like less than a hundred k. I I don't know sports, but to, please don't quote me on this. But at the time <laughs> that I looked at it, 
it was like doing double what a Michael Jordan rookie was doing in a 10. And I was just like, there's no way that a Charizard should be doing more money than a Michael Jordan rookie. But that's just goes to show, man. That's where the market is. It's just, you know, and it's. I, I, I've said are, this before on the podcast well, that, you know, I think that Pikachu and Charizard are a more recognizable figure than Michael Jordan. Um, I, wouldn't I mean, disagree. it's a bold statement. It's a bold statement, but yeah. I, I think it is true. I think it is true. Well, to younger people, you know, to younger younger people, they don't necessarily know who Michael Jordan is, you know? I mean, if you didn't grow up when he was I mean, playing or when he was What did they say? Yeah. Like, Gen, Gen Z, millennials and Gen Z is like, Ten times what baby boomers were, or some some crazy number like that. But like you know, like as they said, like you know, Charizard and Pikachu—they're not getting any older. You know, you're not watching. They can't tear an ACL. Up, yeah, they're they not. They can't be Pikachu caught with, with a bunch of hookers in a hotel. Yeah. <laughs> they can't Pikachu cheat on their wife. A, if anything, Pikachu lost weight. He, he was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, now, they now keep making him fat, but they keep bringing him back. You know, no big deal. Yeah, now he's got the dad bod, but. But yeah, yeah, it's just like Pikachu's not getting any older. He's not getting injured. He's not going anywhere, yep. man. It's just like there's no bad publicity for Pikachu. It's the most solid, yeah. solid player in NBA history, 100. <laughs> percent Yeah, it, yeah, but it's just, it just nuts. It's nuts to think that Pokemon, you know, that a Pokemon card is worth more than a, a Jordan rookie, you know, in a ten, a PSA ten. Which I don't know what the pop numbers are or anything, but it's just you know. Just the principle of that idea, that thought, is just a little, a little crazy. Right, I agree. I agree there, hundred percent. But I'm not, I'm not upset. I'm not upset with that evalu- yeah. evaluation. I just wish I had more of it. I wish I would have bought the stuff that I was like, ah, I'm not buying that shit. You know, like I wish, I wish I would have bought a lot more. Um, what, I, what, like I've talked about this before too. Is like I've, uh, what I kind of did is like I was buying so much, I was dumping five figures a month into it. You know. And, or not over, but like close to it a month. And I yeah. finally decided, I was like, shit, man, I can't keep spending money like this. I gotta, you know, sell some of it, sell the stuff that I don't really like so I can pay for the stuff that I actually want. Yeah. And I have, I have a different business, gems and jewelry. And so, you know, like a lot of my capital is always going towards that. And so there, back then it, there wasn't much, you know, to room wiggle room for that you know so i i had to start selling to so i could you know essentially collect now you wish you sold the car or the house shit i wish i would have went and got a loan you know like a million dollar loan and just fucking spent it all and sat on it and paid the loan off yeah you would have thought i remember talking to uh david at the beginning of the um the pandemic like last year in like march or february right after fukuda yeah, I remember talking to David. And I when was, like, was Fukuda exactly? Do you remember? It was January or February, right? It was January, yeah. It was January. And um, yeah, I remember talking to David like not long after that, before the pandemic, before anything started getting locked down. Yeah, yeah. And, before uh, I got serious, serious, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we were talking about it, and we were saying how like it's going to ruin the market. It's going to ruin the collecting. People are going to be dumping because they have no money, and they're going to be just panic selling everything to get a lot extra money. and those people did. You know, we weren't wrong. They yep. did. But it wasn't, quite- it wasn't the same way. 
but yeah, but as they were selling it, these people that were in other hobbies and that had other money and whatever were coming in and buying it all up. So now the people that were prominent a couple of years ago in the hobby that were big collectors of whatever Pokemon, you know, or whatever item are now gone. And now you have all these other people that have their stuff and you know, they cashed out and a lot of them didn't get a whole lot of money for anything that they had. But I know a few but people who sold like their whole stock in January. They're like, yeah. it's coming. It's coming da, 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 da. Yeah. I mean, they all made money off their deals. Don't, you know, don't get me wrong. Cause but if they had held it, they'd, they be, held they'd, it. Be, yeah, but they'd it, be in a very different spot right now. Cause it's, it, and I think, you know, that goes into like, you know, uh, holding stock, you know, like, like uh yeah. Tesla stock or holding bitcoins, you know, it's the same same thing. You like you got to the 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 winners are the people who never sell, you know? Those are the those are the real winners. Well, I mean, yeah, a lot of it comes in the selling like, the or right sell time. out, I should say, you know. They but never... we what I was saying before, my point earlier was like, you know, if you have a card for all these years and it's worth 100 bucks and then the day comes that it's now worth 800 bucks, you're like this is yeah. not worth as much I'm going to take this and I'm going to run as fast as I can because yep. that's just safe. And I you're mean, making still, all you're still, the percentage is there. Right. right. And that, that could have just very well have gone back, gone down to 50 bucks, but it kept going up. But that's what I was saying is like, like the people that were in the hobby years ago and it was really tight knit. There weren't that many groups on the face. Like there weren't a ton of people on Instagram. It was kind of like a little, you know, a more niche of a hobby. Yep. And um, the people that were collecting this stuff, didn't necessarily have a whole lot of money. You know, they were just people that were paycheck to paycheck would, would dedicate 50 bucks, you know, from every check they got and would buy some, some cards, you know, it was real small time collecting. So then, you know, when you, when you're that guy who doesn't have a whole lot of money and then all of a sudden your Pokemon card collection becomes worth five, $10,000, you just get the hell out. You know, you're like, you know, my life could benefit so much from having this money. So I'm just going to sell it. And that's what people did. And Little did they know that if they had not sold it, it'd be worth twice as much or five times as much now, depending on what it was. But like, I keep thinking about the, the Lugia. Remember the, the first edition Lugia? I won't say the name of the person who had it, but um, you know, but he had it and he sold it for. It went on auction for eight grand, and everybody that that saw that auction was like, "That's not real." Like this is probably mm-hmm. a year ago, or whatever. I don't know, but they're like, you know, that's not real. Nobody in their right mind would buy that for eight grand. It did not sell for eight grand. That was a shill bid. This is BS. That's mm-hmm. not real. And then he showed the payment, the receipt of the payment, and there was like, yeah, this guy paid me eight grand for this card. And everybody was like, dude, that's insane. And uh, you know, that guy had that card for years, and he was the biggest collector of that of that character. And you know, it, it was like. It was a big deal that he sold it, but it was like it's worth eight grand now. I paid, uh, you know, five hundred bucks, so I'm gonna get rid of it. And then what is it doing now? What's the PSA ten first edition Lugia selling for? It right sold now? for over a hundred grand. Hundred. The no last way. the it last is. PWCC auction, it sold for like a hundred and twenty really? something or something like that, and it got paid really? for. Lugia? PSA really? ten. I'm not even fucking well, lying, bro. That card well, is now worth so. It it's a six yeah. figure card, yeah. It, it, well, and it should be, you know, in terms of like rarity. Well, I mean, it's uh, it's like the Charizard of second gen, you know, like it's the most popular yeah. Pokemon of second gen. Well, in terms of the grading of it, it's it's such a difficult card to grade because yep. the hollow is so. That when you have a, a real silver hollow, you get manufacturer lines, really prominent. And they don't get hidden in the darkness of the of the shading or anything. Exactly. So if there's a manufacturer, you see it. If there's a scratch, you see it. And it's just you know really susceptible to things like that. And it's 
it's a really hard car to grade and, and it's i don't even know what the pop is on that but i imagine it's less than the uh than the charizard it's way know. less than charizard it's like EVA right. thing? i don't want to i don't want to like i, yeah, I don't want to yeah, uh, put my PSA guy here, but but I, I imagine there's <laughs> a PSA 10 on the first edition base charge. That's like 100 and something, 150. Yeah, I want to say. So I, I don't see that Lugia being more than that. But yeah, if it's a six figure card, but like I say, a year ago, man, when it sold for eight grand, we were like, wow, like what idiot bought that? Yeah. And then you know, look at it now, man. It's just, it's just silly. Um, I don't. Is this first edition? Oh, there it is. It's, I didn't have the first edition one up. Ah, uh, you idiot. I mean, I don't know why it, like... It's so weird it doesn't, like... Pull up the actual registry. But, yeah, dude, it's crazy. It is... It's it's really, really insane. Yeah. So they have... They have the... the they have the listed price... Of one hundred and twenty nine thousand, the most recent on PSA dot com. Yeah, this yep. is like their website reporting it. That's crazy. Yeah, it's. I mean, I'm not saying it's not worth it in terms of rarity, and that's the other thing too that people don't catch on to either. With like the people that are coming in with all this money, they see Charizard as being like you know the big dick of Pokemon. It is, but it's not the rarest by any means. Like Shadowless yeah. is is way rarer than first edition. Yep, yep. You know, there's I have the less. official report 41 in the 10. Of Lugia? First edition. For Lugia. Yep. Wow. So that's a hundred that's more than a hundred less of the Charizard. Wow. So yeah, Charizard is the is the big dick. Forty one cards. That's yeah. I mean, when you're looking at a P what's a... do you know what the base set unlimited Charizard is? It's like fifteen hundred, right? Like in a PSA ten? quite that much maybe i could tell you i could i could scan my my nine and see what the pop higher is like that's the other car that i sold for two thousand bucks my uh my psa 10 and now it's worth 20 but at the time that i sold it there were more available for 1300 and i was like i just bought another one and i never did right i, right. I got it right here i got it. this okay. yeah yeah psa's website super user friendly i love their website it's one of the best. I don't. I don't have it. I, I don't. I don't. Use it. Okay, yeah, so no, I was way off. I was way off. The PSA ten is four hundred and thirty six. Okay. But yeah, and but, nine, but the PSA nine has a pop of five thousand one hundred and two. It's not real. But it's not real. It's, it's at least less. It's, it's at least half of that. You think it's at least half? Yeah. Really. I mean, look at me. How many? How many PSA nines do okay, I personally fair, own fair, fair, that I've fair, graded fair, three fair. times each? Fair, fair, fair. <laughs> you know, fair, fair. Like, yeah. Everybody for years have been trying to because at the time you could do it for for you know less than ten dollars on PSA and you get it back in two months. So yeah. I would just crack this thumb bitch out and send it back in, and if I got a ten, I never. Yeah. Did. Okay. Like, I can that. Yeah, yeah. I can believe that for sure. Now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the way you explain yeah. that for sure, hundred percent. There's some cars that just it's not it's just not real. Because right. it's just so many people just to get a new one, new grade. At the time it was only a ten dollar investment in two months of your time. You could you could try six times in a year for sixty bucks. Yeah, and it didn't matter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, yeah. So Okay. 
Okay. I would send in a block of seven ten, uh, nines in a row. And you just hope that one got upgraded and they kept coming back as nines. <laughs> <laughs> and then, but then I bought my 10 and the 10 was worse than the nine I had. Really? I had a nine that was 10. I was so pissed. I wish I was. I know, I know a few people, um, like the, I know somebody who owns like 10 PSA, 10 Dragonites first edition. And yeah. my my PSA nine looks better than all of them, like by a lot. Yeah, yeah dude. I probably yeah, yeah. I've probably seen like a PSA eight match one of those at least. Yeah, it was. I was just like, but like they were all so old. They were all old labels, and it's crazy that like PSA doesn't automatically review as a business. That you know when they come in to get recased to to review the grade at all like that doesn't make any sense to me yeah they won't they won't unless the um they should they should like you said but they don't unless it's they well psa unless it's like PSA, the, the case is broken all the way open right where the card was exposed or something yeah, in some way but they won't they won't regrade it without asking first that like they you have to consent to it crazy so and if you send in a card and you want to redo it, or if they look at it and they and they look through it and they think that it might be worse, like they'll they'll ask you like, "Hey, if we open this, we might give it a different grade." You know, they will do that. But yeah. you know, there used to be this old um, that that's like if the case is cracked, you know, and they look at the. I just feel like it. you know, like as a business, I mean, personally, I would force that. You know, like you're gonna take the nine. I'm gonna give you the difference because we have that money back guarantee, and yeah. just call it a day. I'm sorry. Well, the question, a lot of the question of that is, and I don't know what they do with that. I don't, I don't think that a lot of people are sending old slabs in to get redone. I, some people are, but I, I haven't seen that become like a real issue yet. Maybe it will be one day. But um, the question is, so I remember the old idea was was that PSA in the past graded cards a lot harder than they do now. But there used to be this misconception that like old PSA labels were more desirable. Because they're harsher grades. So if you had a PSA 10 from a long time ago, it was a better 10 than what you get now. And that was, I think, a real common misconception. Um, I think back in the day, PSA was giving out more 10s because they wanted to build more, you know, collectability. They wanted people to to keep going back to get more more cards. So I think that a lot of the older... older cards were worse than they are now but but that's the thing is though is right like and people talk about this all the time is like between a, a black label or a beckett 10 and a psa 10 you know a black label card from, from beckett is a psa 10 you know a, a, a beckett 9.5 can be a psa 10 a beckett 10 is a psa 10 and a black label is a psa 10 mm-hmm. so there's plenty of psa slabs out there that could cross over and get a black label if you crack it out because there's such a, a wide range in what is a PSA 10. You know, they allow sent, I mean, PSA's website, I think it's, they, they allow 60, 40 is what they tell you when centering. Yeah, that's, and that's what they're, they're on the website. They tell you it can be 64 and then like 70, 30 on the back. That's a lot of centering variants, you know, like you'll never get a 10 from any other company with that kind of a variance, but yeah. PSA allows it. And, you know, they allow you to have a little bit of a, of a corner nick or a little bit of a whiting thing. And that's just their standard, you know. So if you have a perfectly flawless card, it's a 10. If you have a card that's a little bit flawless, it's still a 10. So that's where people either love or they hate PSA. They love that they can get a 10 with more cards and they hate that it's not as credible as it might be from another company. But but that's just, um, you know, that, that's where it's gone. But um, 
you know, I mean, when you look at old slabs, a lot of times they are just they're, the card inside is a lot worse. But the question is, was that from aging over time? The question is, was that because the card had been rattling around in the case, you know, for all that time? Is that why the, the edges are are worse? Did they grade it like that? Yeah, and it became and it was degraded. That's why. Over the, like, I love PSA. I love PSA. I wish they would have. They would put the sleeve like they do in Beckett. Like, that prevents that ever from happening. Ever. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's more of an issue on, like, Japanese because they're smaller and thinner. But but it's, um, yeah. It, but, you know, PSA is just so far in that they can't adjust anything. Like, the, the biggest thing that PSA could do that would that would make them better in terms of, like, their grading process is allowing a 9.5. You know, there's so many tens that should be a nine point five. There's so many nines that should be a nine point five. Yeah, that yeah. PSA, why they do a, a point five of everything else, but not a nine. They don't do. An, I don't know why. But um, do you think it's somebody, because Beckett's very prominent for that? I think the problem is that when you put a ten on something and you're Beckett and you have the subgrades and you do all that kind of stuff, that it has to be a ten. You know, when you like, that's the problem with black labels, right? So like, I've owned a few black labels and. I don't know of any of them that I've looked at and thought like this is actually a flaw because at the end of the day a card is is paper with ink on it you know it's hard and it's cut with a with a blade in some way or another you know it's it's hard to make that exactly perfect as as possible you know it's not a computer generated image or whatever on right. a website it, it's a physical item which is just paper and ink so it's it's hard to make something that's completely totally flawless and I think that PSA understands that to an extent where they're like you're never going to get the most perfect card of all time. So we're just going to grade a 10 for what, for what it is. But, um, you know, the problem is when you're at Beckett and you give a black label, it has to be perfect because if it's, if the centering is off a little bit, then what's the credibility of that? You know, you've got low wage employees in most cases that are grading cards. They don't really like, there isn't much of a follow-up. You know, if you're a card grader and I'm the owner of the company and you give it a black label, it should be reviewed at least. I don't know if it is or not. Maybe it is, but right. There used to be speculation that it was reviewed, but but I've seen plenty of black labels that the centering is clearly not right. Yep. But I would still accept it as a ten. You know, if I bought it, it was a ten, I would I would still accept it as okay. This is this is a a quality ten card that I would be happy to own. But right. the problem is when you put a black label on it and say this is a flawless, perfect, immaculate, one hundred and ten percent perfect PSA eleven card. It has to be perfect, and in a lot of cases it's not perfect. So I think that maybe the reason why PSA was doing that is because they didn't want to have that kind of scrutiny. I don't know. Um, that makes but sense. That's, but that's why I think they don't want to do that because I think you open yourself up to a lot of scrutiny when you when you say that something is perfect because then somebody will find something wrong with it that's not perfect. And it's like, you know, it's there's human error. You know, it's always the, the, the idea that the person holding it didn't see something or maybe they're it's, – it's, it's, all, it's all done by humans at the end of the day. So, it's, right. you know, you can't – but yeah, I don't. I, I still. I'm a PSA collector. You know, most of my cards are PSA. I don't collect PSA because I, I don't. I don't promote PSA because I have money invested into it. You know, I, like I said, I'm not really selling anything that I, that I'm collecting in PSA. It's just people are, are always want to like talk about it and say that people that want to defend PSA or like the people that are invested into it and whatever. And you know, to an extent, maybe. But I, I collect PSA because every grading company sucks. They all suck. 
So you have to you have to pick the one that you're willing to accept the things that they suck at the most. Yeah. And that's kind of it's like it's like voting in the presidency. Like they, there hasn't been like a really great you have these pick who you think is like the best of the evils. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like that's what it comes down to with the grading. And, and PSA to me has always been what I've liked. And it's a lot of it is because of that, because the grading is a little bit more reasonable. Yeah, they they make tons of mistakes. Yeah, they'll, they'll label something wrong. The other do whatever, but they're also processing millions and millions and millions of cards, and mistakes are going to happen. I recognize that, and I recognize that. I know. I human- I think they're they've come a long way, especially in the last year. Even though that they've gotten like backed up even more, but like in the last year, I think that they've gotten even better because you're. You didn't have the steps from one to eight in your little bar, so you couldn't go and check the status of your order at any time like you can now. And well, that's all bullshit. But I I get that. I I mean, <laughs> sort of, but like it's not at the same time because I just had them label a P, uh, slab wrong, and uh, I reported it like uh, within my order, and mm-hmm. within twenty four hours they said they fixed it. So, I mean, at least yeah. you can be interactive to the point where they're at least getting the label correct and there, there, there's some, there's some communication and there wasn't before and there was, there, I mean, there wasn't like there is now. I think it's yeah, yeah, way, yeah, you're right. way more of like a, you know, a coddling type of thing where you're, you're, you're bringing the person closer and making them feel good about it, you know? And I think that's important because yeah. These these backed up orders are really hard sometimes when you're looking at it and you just see like a blank screen. At least it can tell you, hey, your cards are being reviewed or, you know, blah, blah, blah. When I said bullshit is all of those steps are just kind of like they don't mean anything. It's yeah. just there so that people stop calling up and saying, hey, where's what's the, what's the status on it? It just prevents them from getting, yep. you know, the million phone calls. But, but yeah, no, it's definitely become... The interface, the interface for grading PSA is way easier than anybody else's. The prices are still cheapest, but you know they have their tons of issues. I could I could write a book on the issues with PSA. You know I have thrown tons of money down the PSA hole that I'll never get back again. I, I'm looking at cards that are autographed that were PSA nines when I sent them in when I cracked them out and now they're eights and I sent them twice and got an eight both times. And I, it doesn't make me happy, you know, that to look at that, but it's just, you know, when you have to, when you look at the spectrum of, of all the things going on with grading, you have to just take the company that you are willing to accept the most and how much they suck. And that's just, I, you know, I just continue to grade PSA and, you know, it's just what it is, but I don't. I don't defend PSA as being a perfect company or being anywhere near like a halfway decent company. You know, I, they, but but I understand what's going on. You know, that's the right. difference that I understand. And at the end of the day, they don't care about me. They don't care about you. But like, people post a lot of time. Oh, I'm taking my business to this other place. Okay, they don't care. <laughs> you know, right. like, like that I had somebody was like, "Oh my god, the PSA shareholders have to be so pissed off right now because people are so mad." I'm like, dude, they have money falling out of their assholes. Like, <laughs> I know, people, I know people that have like, you know, I, I don't want to mention names, but I, I know people that literally have you know two million dollars in backed up orders at PSA. That's the cost of grading fees over over two million dollars. And they won't take the money, you know, like your yeah. people are sitting there like 
I've got $2 million to give you if you just send me my shit back. And they're like, nope, you got to wait. You know, like they don't care. (laughs) They've got so much damn money. It's just like, you know, but people think that like they're going to come like begging to you because you sent in three orders this year. Like they don't care what you do. They don't, they really don't care. PSA has has 7 million cards backlogged right now. They're backlogged 7 million cards. Wow. That's a, it's a really big number. Yeah, but um, you know the, the biggest thing that they've done is they they added the um, like this little like barcode thing when you send in cards. So there's like, a little barcode so that when uh, when they do receive it, they at least they don't they don't put like a start date on it, like a processing date. Yeah, yeah, I did. So, I did see like, that. I did see that actually. Yeah. yeah so yeah, what does exactly that do? It just shows you that they have the cards. Okay. Because like. It went from nine weeks. Now it's a the PSA site says on there that it will take fifteen weeks yeah. before they even start processing your cards. Yeah. So people would send in cards and it would be shown delivered or whatever, and then you know weeks and weeks weeks would go by and they'd be like, "Does PSA even have my shit? You know, where do they even have my cards? Do they get lost? Are they like in the rain? Are they, you know, and where are they? So at least they know that they received them." And I don't yeah. even think Beckett does that, you know, and, um, you know, it just, you know, there's, there's a lot, man. And every, every company, Beckett is even worse saying Beckett's quoting what a year on bulk PSA hasn't quite hit a year, but it's, it's there now. I think, I think, I think right now cars going to PSA are going to take a year for bulk. Beckett has been a year, I think at a year close to it for a while now. Like It's crazy. You know, I, it kind of blows my mind that they even kept that service, but took out, um, Whatever it was for twenty dollars a card, regular. Well, accounts still have that. That's just what the public offer is. They just wanted to raise the price. Um, it's not that they eliminated it. They eliminated it from everyday, you know, silver members and gold members or whatever. So if you had an account and that wasn't like a preferred account, then you don't have that rate anymore. Um, but that twenty day is taking seven eight months. Well, it's not you even know, a like, twenty day. It was just twenty dollars. They call a card. it twenty. Day. It's supposed to be twenty day. Well, that, I, thought, they, I thought I thought Express is twenty day. No, I mean there's there are places that do middlemaning that call that Express because for the longest time that was like a month or two, you know, which is an Express rate. Right. Um, now, no Express. Technically, Express is is like the seventy five dollar. Which which was eight day or eight to ten day. They always changed it. Yeah, yeah. Um, they changed it multiple times. But yeah, the, the quote unquote express was was like the seventy five dollar. Then there was yeah, Super yeah. Express, two hundred yeah. bucks. I spent but, uh, I spent two hundred dollars a card on eight cards. I was really not happy with. That. And I haven't sent anything on that, uh, you know, anytime recently. So I don't know what that even looks like. But I was told that um, I was told that a PSA only. Only process their five day, their, their express and super express. I mean, like their five day, their two day, and their one day orders. That if if they only did those orders and did them on time, that it would take eighty percent of their staff to do that, and that everything else, the, the ten day orders, the twenty day, the the bulk, everything else would be twenty percent of their staff working on it. That's how behind it they are. That's and insane. It's, you know, Express orders or people are paying 75 bucks a car and they're getting it in over a month and people are mad and whatever. It's like, 
you know, what can you that's do? You know, it's crazy. Like, I cards, honestly, that's why I stopped taking in. Yeah, I was a middleman for years, and I still do stuff, yeah. you know, for people that I know and that they reach out to me, or whatever. But you know, whenever anybody reaches out to me about bulk or anything, it's just I'm like, okay, not even don't ask it. me. So it gets like month eleven, you know, yeah, like right. about it, like forget you ever owned them. <laughs> forget you the ever owned them. Throw them down the black hole. But grading has been too cheap, man. It's too cheap. You know, 10 bucks. The added value to your card is just, I mean, you have to pay the piper. That's my opinion. Yeah, but at the time, you know, they they didn't need it that bad. You know, they they didn't need, or they they needed needed the business. So it's, you know, they're willing to take ball for less than $10 a card. And, you know, it it was, it was, uh, it was necessary evil. You know, it was, it wasn't the biggest margin that they ever had, but like they needed the business. Now it's like, you know, and that's why PSA started upcharging for everything. I remember a few years ago, I remember sending in, you know, first edition base set Charizards. They were giving like sevens and eights and I was sending them on bulk rates and paying PSA like $7 to grade them. (laughs) Like seven bucks back then. That's what bulk used to cost. It was so cheap. And um, that was a public rate was like seven bucks. Yeah. And um, I was sending in first edition base set Charizards for people and my uh, customers of mine. And uh, yeah, they're getting like PSA sevens, eights, whatever. And they're charging me seven dollars to grade it you know oh like gosh. it was they didn't get it but then you know that card ends up being worth much more but you know psa isn't going to grade a card and then you know charge you 50 bucks for it and then see you sell it for twenty thousand. like they want a cut of it they want a cut based on the value of the, of the card once it's graded right. and they can charge you whatever they want because but now they have the now they have the leverage or it's like because the market has caught up so heavily that it's like they can just do it and um and i don't blame them man like I, i've said it many times like if if i could pay an extra dollar or two dollars a card i've got thousands of my own cards of psa on bulk i would pay enough an extra dollar or two dollars a card just to like have the grader make a buck a card that he grades you yep, know like i'll pay exactly. the grader a dollar a card give him a bonus like give him an incentive mm-hmm. to do it because there's no incentive. They're, they're on a salary. They don't even make a bonus. They don't get anything. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, I keep saying it. Like, you know, when you go into work, like if you're if you're a card de- detailer, and you know your your job is to detail cards, and you're the, the shop you work at has five hundred thousand cards, and you're the only guy cleaning them, you have and you have no incentive to clean them all or to yeah. get any piece of. The, done you're looking at an, an endless amount of work that you will never ever ever get done so you just get done you know whatever the hell you're going to do okay however many cars i clean today is how many i clean because i'm never going to get to the end anyway so i might as well just you know scrape off what i can what i can do but if, if they're getting paid an incentive to clean more cars or to grade more cards in this case then they can they can crank them out you know yeah, i mean yeah. it, it Think about it, man. Like, what is it? I did the math the other day. It's, um, you know, there's seven, seven million cards backed up. There's three people involved in the grading, at least three. It's like three or four people because one person opens the package and like and one person prepares the card and then a person grades it and then the person like takes it and seals it or whatever. Right. So there's right. like three. Yep. Yep. It's three different stations. Yeah. Yeah. There's like three or four people involved in the process. So just if a, if a card grader can grade two cards a minute, that's, I think, 60,000 man hours from just a guy grading it. So overall, that's 200,000 or more man hours needed to get through the backlog. They need they need to pay 200,000 man hours to get through it. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot, <laughs> so, a lot. So it's, 
and it's and it's coming in every single day. It's it's getting worse and worse every single day. So it's like you need to figure out a way to get out of that. You need to pay people to do yeah. it. You need to give people an incentive. I'll give you fifty cents a card that you can grade. I'll give you, you know, <laughs> on top of your your salary, you're going to bonus fifty cents, and I'm going to charge the people that are sending them to me an extra dollar, or whatever, yeah, yeah. and the account manager and the whoever's going to get an extra fifty cents. You know, I'll pay more. I think people are willing to pay more. Yeah. And it's just what do you think about you know, Nat Turner buying PSA? I think it could be great if he does the right things, you know. And I'm not like I'm I'm a business guy, you know, and I, I I'm I'm not a billionaire. I'm not even a millionaire. Hard to believe, right? But um, (laughs) it's it's like you know, if he did the right things, you know, I'm I'm sure he's smarter than I am. You know, if he's got a billion dollars, I don't. So he's doing something better than me. But um, you know, I think there's plenty of ways that he can do it. You know, it's and a lot of it is just like economics and just thinking about it. Like like PSA is located in Calabasas, which is in LA, Mm -hmm. and I've been there. Um, I've been there too. PSA, but I've been been to LA, been to Calabasas. Oh, I've been to PSA. I've never been there. So I don't even know what the inside. It doesn't even look. You, you look like you're walking into like a little business district. Okay. It doesn't well, even. They the don't have like is, any PSA sign. You know what I'm saying? Like you yeah. know when you're going oh, yeah, to Walmart, I, you don't know that you're walk, yeah, yeah, walking up to PSA. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> but, uh, but what I'm saying is like it's in the middle of a really like wealthy area. Oh yeah. So it's hard to find people that are willing to work for sixty grand a year when the median income of that city is two hundred thousand. Yeah. Yep. Like they need to facilities somewhere where they can get cheaper labor or like you know truck the orders to a different facility or something you know yeah. where they can crank out orders and pay somebody you know you know a, a reasonable rate but like you know it's just really hard to find people because that's all they're getting paid like 60 to 80 a year or so you know yeah, for yeah, cargo yeah. depending on what they're doing you know it's just i mean like, i think they should like, be getting paid that to be honest because that's you know that's uh really reasonable income for the type of work and value yeah, that you're adding to people's collections more. All of us will pay more money for it. You know, we'll all pay more money to get people paid a, a reasonable wage. But then the problem is, like, you know, PSA. PSA is all smoke and mirrors, man, because they'll like they'll tell you that they're doing something, but they won't tell you what else is going on. So they'll, they'll tell you like, we just hired fifty graders, but they're not telling you that like BGS just stole fifty of their graders because <laughs> they're paying more money. Yeah, they're paying more money. So like, they're going to CGC because CGC is trying to open up. Um, um, sports cars. They're trying to open a sports car division. So Damn. CGC is scalping people from PSA, and it, it's hard to find somebody willing to relocate across the country. But but they're they're losing employees because they're getting paid more elsewhere. Right. And it's just yeah. But they won't tell you that. They won't tell you that they just lost twenty five graders. They'll, they'll tell you when they hire twenty more, but they won't tell you when they lose twenty five. <laughs> so it's just you know it's it's all it's a clusterfuck, man. And what are you going to do? And it's just right. you know, I I just you kind of just take it as it comes. And at this point, you just kind of take the take the blows as they come but but yeah there, there's there's so much wrong and there, there's so much that you could do you know if, if he were to just like recognize these issues and, and try to fix them but there's a way out it, it's it's hard to get to get out but the other thing is you know everybody's really easy to say like just hire more people hire more people and there's same people i mean, that are saying I mean that. what are you gonna do you're gonna hire through a temp agency with people that well, are factory right? workers or that People that are saying that are the same people that are getting mad that they graded a 10 that had a nick on the corner or whatever. Mm. You know, you can't get it, – it's a lot to train you, somebody. I mean, it's hard job. It's hard to find quality workers. It really, really is. Yeah, you know, it's like medical and school, this right? Isn't, you, know, you, need more, yep. you need more doctors. We need more doctors. We need more doctors. So we start passing the D students from medical school that might kill you because they don't know <laughs> what they're doing. But we need the doctor. 
we needed more doctors because it waits are too long. So, you know, we, we got the Carlos Uribe. That, that oh, got fuck. A get in there. You got a heartbeat and a pencil? Get right, in Carlos, there. Get in there. You know, like, like that's what – we don't want that, you know. Yeah. I think people are willing to wait longer. I agree. I agree. I don't want that. But, the, you know, it, people are just so dumb and people think they're so smart where they, like, they just – they're so quick to just, like, you know, like – why don't they hire more graders? And then like, they think that people are going to be like, I didn't think about that. Yep. I didn't think to hire more graders. You know, it's just, you can't, you, you got to get quality people and it takes time to train them. And it, it's hard yep. to find people that are like, know anything about cards. Right. Know, I mean, stuff. like a lot of people that are going into this job, like this job, I think if you're working at PSA, it's not uh, uh, a part-time job. This is a nine to five job that you, a career that you work for in this field for the rest of your life. It's not, oh, I got a job at Walmart, and then, you know, you can train any Joe Schmo to go, you know, check out people yeah, at the register the or to go stock the shelves. You know what I'm saying? That's a very easy thing to teach somebody. But grading cards at the at the level that they're supposed to be grading cards, I think, is extremely hard to find. And I don't know, man. Yeah. I, I hope – I really, really hope with Nat Turner that they, you know, they bring it – he brings it to, like, a new level – a new era, you know, and makes the company yeah, you can do it. the juggernaut yeah, that I it. know it is, you know. But you on this it. show, though, uh, we usually open up a pack. You want to open up a pack? Yeah, send me one. What it, yeah, right? Fuck. Put it in the mail. Like in uh, Futurama, I could just send it in the tube and it, like, shoots up yeah, and it, yeah. like, it pops right behind you. Yeah, I got yeah. a bunch of packs, so what do you want to open up? What do you got? All right, well, I'll grab the box. I'll grab the box. Something good like Crimson Invasion. So, let's see here. I got some Dragon Frontiers packs. You want to open up a Dragon's Frontiers pack? One of my favorite sets. Alright, pick which one, right or left? Gotta go left. This one? Oh, uh, well, my screen, that's, that's the right. All right, yeah, so I'll this one. one. Okay, okay. All right, so I'll put the box back. Were you grabbing that clip, Brandon? Nope, the clip. I'm going to call it. I'm going to say... Clip right there. I'm going to say... Bro, it's clipped to the desk. This guy? Yes. <laughs> so many fucking things over here. I know, right? I know. We're the worst over here. We're the worst. You hear me? Uh, using those headphones, though. Huh? What? Alright, so it's going to be a reverse trap inch and a hollow typhlosion. You shut your whore mouth. If I'm right, a thousand bucks. <laughs> and if I'm right, a thousand bucks. You're paying me a thousand bucks? Fucking A, boy. Let's go. I want the card. <laughs> Is there is there a Ludicolo in the set? Nah, that's Crystal Guardians, which is my favorite set. Yeah, it's Crystal Guardian. Yeah. There we go. Can you see it? Can you see the pack? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's start it. Boom! Dragon Frontiers, baby, let's do it. We got Homie Chris DCR on the line. Canto Chris. Ooh. Oh, how's it smell? Let me let me get a whiff of that. Ooh, 
2004, baby. 2004. We have the Larvitar. The Rolts. All right. We have a Natu. A Dratini. That's a good Dratini, too. Total Dial. One of my favorite cards. Reverse Hollow Cyndaquil. That's dope. And a non hollow Arbok. Oh. That was that was rough. That was rough. That was, that rough. was a little rough. That was come on. You picked the wrong one. You picked the wrong one. We'll just call that. We'll just call it we'll chalk it up to the game, you know what I'm saying? Try to do the game, baby. The the Cyndaquil doesn't look that half bad though. Cyndaquil could be worse. Oh, yeah. That's jemmy as hell. Wow. Look at this. We'll put it back. We gotta, I'll show it to you. You gotta see yeah, this. Yeah, Take it. I did say Typhlosion, so I was a little off. Just but a, I was in the line. Just a little bit. But look at no no whiting on the corners at all. Yeah, baby. Super jemmy. I mean, when you get that back, when you get that back in like 16 months, it's going to be great. <laughs> It'll actually be worth something then. Yeah. Well, it's dope though, because I actually did just pull the reverse hollow, or yeah, the reverse rare Typhlosion. And um, that one should get a 10, so now I have to just pull. uh, What the hell is this? Quilava. That's what that dude's name. Yeah, yeah. So now I just have to pull Quilava, and we'll be good. Yeah, yeah. So that'll be cool. Yeah, yeah. I'll be on AARP by the time they get done, but uh, <laughs> uh, we'll um, we'll be able to talk about it. Well, who's the artist? Oh, it's an it's an Ishida. It's a good Ishida. That's cool. Oh, yeah. I wonder yeah, if she, if if she did the Typhlosion too. I didn't look. That's pretty cool, man. So yeah, Fukudo, man. That was the first time that we met personally. How was that? Did you think that, like I mean, obviously you had a good time, but. Like anything yeah, that you event. you uh, you want to talk about from that event? I can show you. I can show off some Fakuda autos I've got. Let's fucking want. see them, bro. Everybody wants to see that. Well, I'm not prepared, but we'll find them. Did you get the uh, Pikachu from Ex Emerald that you bought for me? What about it? Did you get it signed? No. <laughs> he said no. That's I have it. it though. You still have it? That's cool. Good for yeah. you, man. I really like that card. I shouldn't have sold it. I should have just kept it. I was really upset. Especially when I uh I uh I pulled another one. No, I didn't pull it. I f- I bought it and I was trying to get the 10 and it got a 9. And I was really upset. I just got my favorites. Look at this dude. He's just pulling out a stack of them. I got some of my favorites. All right. I'll describe them and you put them up there. I have other webcams, but I I'm, I, I didn't have much set up yet, so I don't know what to do. How to... So I'm trying to use this face one. So this was um, this was the first one, which I, I kind of regretted the, the ink a little bit, but at the same time, I was cool with it. Um, so we got the Japanese... Um, that's dope. With the sketch. 
So eight. Japanese Charizard Gold uh, Gold Star with uh, the Charizard yeah. sketch, which wasn't um, an approved sketch uh, prior to us. Until, until we did these and some some douchebag decided to put it on Instagram and then everybody in line was mad that they couldn't get Charizards. So yeah. then they let the line get Charizards, but I won't yep. uh, I won't say any more about that because I don't want to come off, uh, you know. <laughs> but then, um, then I got the English. You got the English one to go card. with it? So yeah, the, uh, the other one, that one's a paint marker and then that one's a red Sharpie, correct? I'm missing one. This is a red Sharpie, yeah, yeah. And oh, then the the Japanese Charizard Gold Star, that one is with red paint marker, right? That was the metallic. Uh, oh, okay, metallic. Okay. That was metallic Sharpie. So this this is the same one. So this is the um, that was metallic red. This is the metallic blue, which it looked a lot better on the reverse. On the, and this yeah, got a, the contrast. Got a 10, 10. Damn. Yeah, so we got the Charizard from Hidden Fates, I think. This is um, Team Up, I think, right? Team Up, yep, it's from Team yeah. Up. So you got the one from yeah, Team Up. Got he got it signed in sketch with the Charizard. It's a ten ten. Uh, is that a you pop one? Cool, right? Oh yeah. Hell yeah. And you know what's cool is that the personalization says Charizard on it. That's dope. That's dope. Yeah. So then we got the um, the uh, the Pikachu Gold Star Japanese. <sighs> that blue looks amazing, bro. Yeah. Right. That and blue it, um, looks really fucking nice. Wow. What's yeah, right. the grade on it? Uh, it's an auto 10. Auto 10? Nice. So he's and, holding uh, up a Japanese uh, Pikachu Gold Star. He uh, has the signature and yeah. um, personalization and personal, in blue. Per, the it's personal the says, uh, you can see where, it, where, the, yep, yep. where it lines up. Yep. It says Pikachu. You know you got and that then, from uh, me. You don't gotta. You don't got to lie. No, that was all me, baby. Yeah, I came in with like printouts of how to write this stuff in Japanese. No, I was prepared. No, no, he didn't. This is the best Mewtwo that he did. Everybody was getting two trainer before I fucking came along. I should have yeah, never. You know whose idea? I never. Was, I should have never said idea. collector because now everybody, everybody in line. It was like uh, the scene from fucking Home Alone. Uh, hand this to Peter. Hand okay, Peter. I started the trainer thing. Oh, to Kevin. Else, somebody Sorry. else said collector, but I said trainer when I walked in. Because I had that, I had printout. Yeah, but I was the one who said collector. Like, I was the one who said collector. That. Everybody okay. else was like, <gasps> But that was that was an offshoot of my idea, though. Anyway. Offshoot. We've got the, uh, the Mewtwo. It's the sketch. Ooh. He's got a Mewtwo gold same. star with the Mewtwo this, sketch. This metallic. This is the metallic same. Metallic green? Uh, this metallic green. That one's a blue. And this is just a, it's an eight nine. Nice, but it's my favorite. So I, I have that sketch, and Beauty. I got the blue one too. This is um, this is the boner Mewtwo, where he's also he's got a big boner. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I don't know. I'm I'm still indifferent about the boner Mewtwo. <laughs> I got the uh, then I, I what's actually pretty funny is that I got four different Charizard sketches. They're all different sketches. So this one, he's like blowing fire. Yeah, and he's like ha- super happy uh, looking. Guy. Yeah, he looks like he's like he's like he's smiling like, all like, big on top of it. Yeah. Like, hey guys. Yeah. And then one he kind of uh, looks fucking my... angry. So these two might be my favorite. Though. I mean, I, I the Gold Star Charizard is definitely you know. Yeah. But so I have the um, this is one that you'll never see again replicated, and this is a mint card, but it's got a little flaw on the back, which is why I didn't grade the card. But the auto got a ten. So this is something that's super cool. You might have seen on my IG, but the Vaporeon sketch. 
on the uh, on the promo. Yeah. So he's holding it's up a Japanese uh, play promo Vaporeon Gold Star, and he's got it signed and sketched yeah. by Vakuda. Personalization is not to no. Vaporeon. It looks like it's something else. It is, but it well, he signed it up here. This is the signature, and that's the uh, the personal. He did it reversed. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah, yeah. That's why I was confused for sure. Yeah, the personal says Vaporeon. Yep, yep, yep. That makes yep. Okay, I matches. But up. this is the best one. This is my favorite card in my whole collection right here, though. Okay? Yeah, this, this the Vaporeon, and then uh, for me, nah, it, would, it would have to be the Espeon. It would have to be the Espeon for me because I got this the is Espeon my favorite card in my collection. Oh, I haven't shown. It. Oh, I thought it was a Vaporeon. What is it? This is the one that started it all. That started the, uh, the Ludi. The uh, the two Ludi Chris. That's the hilarious. Yeah, to Ludi Chris, he got a nine nine. It should have been a ten ten. This card deserved a ten ten, but I'm sorry, right, I'll take it. But the uh, it's dope. Yeah, the, the metallic cast. green really looks awesome because yeah. like his skin on the hollow looks almost metallic because of the hollow pattern. Yeah, and he killed it too, man. Because I remember looking at it. I remember looking at the sketch and thinking like, um, and thinking that like the it was funny how like he made like the the hat where it was kind of like like the like the whatever on top of the hat was like um weird i thought it was just like kind of like scribbled but then when right. i look at the artwork he was mimicking the artwork because yeah artwork he was 100 like, percent. yeah that's cool I, my camera's not focusing on it yeah yeah there's but like it was like super cool and this is my, my favorite set one of my favorite cards in the set I just, that's I'm a dragon frontiers looty that's no, uh crystal guardians oh that's not oh, okay yeah yeah so yeah some of the autograph collection i got tons more autographs but these are my um my favorites from the Fakuda. Yeah, Stash. I like. Uh, I have the Espeon sketch. I'm really proud of that. Yeah, one. Sweet. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just the autographs, I man. People don't understand it with um with Pokemon because people don't realize like, you know, because like when you come to sports autographs, like the the player signs it, yeah. right? So people and, look but at it's like on. already there. They don't have to go to a signing to yeah. get the card signed. It would be like if like the photographer were to like take a were to sign a card. Nobody want that, you know. So people don't understand it with Pokemon. They think that like. How did Charizard sign a card? You know, what's that autograph by somebody? Whatever. You know, people don't get it. But when they realize that it's like, you know, each card is an art piece of art, and the artist is signing their own work, it makes more sense. But that's what kind of why it hasn't really blown up quite yet. I, I think that the sector of the market that has the most room to grow still is autograph, or one of the things that still has the most room to grow is autographs because people don't. It's it's under undervalued, man. Like I people agree. don't understand how great to get to get autograph. I mean, Arita was. A dime a dozen, but you know now Arita it's scarce. You know, go and try to find a, a nice Arita. They're a ton of money. Um, but like Fakuda, this is only his second time in the U.S., and I don't think he's ever coming back. Mm -hmm. So it's you know whatever he signed when he was here is is all that there's going to be. So if you want a Fakuda card, it, it's hard. You know, and one day they're going to be more. And that was also the first time he signed in English too. So I think his English signature yeah. is even rarer now than. Yeah. He only did it the first day because he, he kept messing it up because he couldn't write in English. Yeah, I know, I know. It looks like somebody wrote it with a fucking crayon, dude. It's so hilarious. But I mean, like, imagine trying to write your name in kanji or in fucking Arabic, right? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> it would look you, all fucked up. Yeah, learn, yeah. If you to learn in one day how to write her name in, in kanji, like, I would fuck that up all day. <laughs> all day. <laughs> yeah. My respect, yeah, that he did it. Yeah, but yeah, I was super happy yeah. that he did it. I was, I should have got some more, more stuff done, uh, but I got only, I got a few cards done with the English signature. I actually liked his autograph more 
without it. I like his little like train track looking autograph. Oh yeah, but the yeah, reason why yeah. the reason why we didn't do those is because we so we were all graders like me and like my friends were all like in the grading. So it's yep. like when he would do the little like little swoosh through it, it, it would almost would, streak, almost always. always streak. So we were like, well, we don't want to do that because we can't get a ten on the auto, so we won't get a ten ten. But now looking back at it, it's like I like that auto more. So I kind of wish I had gotten more like that, but what are you going to do about it? You know, but, but the reason why he did that is because, um, Fakuda and Arita are, are good friends and Arita does the duel. I actually have one in front of me right here. This just been sitting here. This wasn't, isn't one of my favorite cards or anything, but, but yeah, Arita yeah. does yeah. the duel. And, um, that was something that, that, um, Fakuda tried to, to do too. Yeah. Yeah. But then he just, but Arita speaks English. Pretty he speaks decently, and writes in English, so like you yeah. know, it's <laughs> it's a he at least can write it nicely, yeah. you know. And he's been signing his name in English for years, and yeah, so yeah. Yep. I mean, the amount of signings it. that that dude's done compared to uh, Fakuda is night and day. Well, the, the difference is that Fakuda and uh, so Arita has a different contract. Arita can do whatever he wants to do. The other artists like Fakuda, they can't go and do a signing without permission. Yeah, it has to be at a Pokemon event, like a Worlds. They can't just, you know, they can't just sign a with like a, a Comic Con or whatever. Like right, right, do. right. Yeah, you know, so they, to get their their autograph is way harder because it has to be at an event, and um, and they don't get paid to do it, man. Like the the the, the Worlds, you know, the um the competition where they go and sign like Fukuda, they don't get that money that that goes in. Like that's not their money. You know, they get paid like a few hundred bucks, and it's um, you know. They they do it because they love like the fans. They love like their people that yeah. It's one you know. What if if you went to Japan and like all these Japanese kids and dudes are showing up like Forever Collector, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you be there all day like sign autographs, like yeah, buddy, yeah. yeah. But then like when you go home and you look on eBay and there's like listings of all your cards on eBay that you just signed, like you know that's where they get mad because like in Japan when you get a card signed, it's like. It's it's super rare, you know. It's like it's something you hold close to yourself for a long time. Right, you know, right, you know? and like I think more that perfect. the Japanese culture is just so much more yeah. honorable. Yeah. Um, so right. they they don't want to fuck yeah. with that at all. So that's why, like, it's like the Pokemon Company in general hates the third party with like their autographs. So they don't they don't like that people you know resell them and, and everything. And I I resell autographs, but I mean I collect the ones that I want and I resell all the ones that, that sell. I mean, but, um, there's a lot of costs. I mean, when you get a, a autograph card from a player or a sports player, it's already on the card. Like I said, you didn't have to go anywhere or do anything to get that card signed. But like. I mean, I'm from Minnesota, and you you're from Pennsylvania, yeah, right. And so right. The, all the costs that are associated with going and get a card signed, I mean, like, who's paying for that? I'm paying for that, so I think that yeah, I should be allowed to sell a couple to pay for the trip. Yeah, you, you shouldn't feel bad about selling some cards. Yeah, you shouldn't feel bad about it at all. It's if you're like if you're doing anything that's like slimy to get them, then that's that's one thing. But like, yeah, I yeah, know. But that's but they just don't like that. They don't like to see that. And there, there's a good chance that one day in the future, in a couple of years, that Pokemon company just says, you know, no more signing. So you can't do anymore. Yeah. You know, th- that is a possibility in the future that that will happen. Um, but you know, I, I think it's just such an undervalued. It's so cool. It's so rare. It's just an undervalued, you know, underrated thing. You know, it's just, it, it has so much room to grow for autographs. Um, and I hope it does. I, mean, I, I know, right? You look at magic. Magic autographs are pretty revered. 
as you know like the top top of you know the mountain and like i mean christopher rush yeah. he, he's uh, unfortunately passed away but um yeah dude his signatures are coveted bro coveted by the magic community and i think it depends on what it's on i think you can get a lot of christopher rushes for pretty cheap but i think if it's on a good card then yeah well right but i mean still i'm i'm anybody's signature on a napkin is going to be worth not as much as it's going to be on their work i mean it just makes sense or on you know the top or tip top of their work you know uh, yeah, like if you have like the uh, the Lotus or whatever with it, which yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah. But I mean, that was the most that was the most expensive card ever sold for Magic. It was a signed version of the Lotus. It wasn't an unsigned version of the Lotus. Yeah, I think what it was was a. Um, I'm not trying to correct you, but the, he did a he did a brief like um, set of like five or ten or whatever. Well, I don't remember how many it was, but he did a, like a a hand drawn card. Yeah, I know, I know what you're talking about. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It was something like that, and that went for a ton of because, like, that's and I know somebody that has at least one or two of those. But, um, have you ever seen them? Because otherwise, I don't believe it. <laughs> it's bullshit, but uh, <laughs> I've seen photos of them, but I, I've never actually like I have 10 first them. edition PSA 10 Charizards, but okay, call me Gary, yeah. call me Larry, whatever the fuck you want. No. <laughs> But yeah, it's it's um, it's cool, you know. And I've been a, I'm a lifelong autograph collector. You know, I love I love like, autographs, got- not just in Pokemon, dude. Like I have, um, one of my biggest horror film directors is uh, name is John Carpenter. Uh, he did like the thing. He did the original Halloween. He did a lot of big blockbusters, and he's not you know uh he's not crazy popular like Stephen King yeah. and shit like that, right? And so, like, I went, uh, me and Abby, we went to, like, a horror convention. I got so much signed by him. Oh, my goodness. He's such a crazy, humble dude, too. Yeah. Like, I've never seen, like, I mean, back then, too, like, I learned a lot of history um, about it, too. Like, The Thing was, like, a super uh, underrated film in, in America. And, like, uh, the critics, like, gave it a fucking zero out of ten before Rotten Tomatoes was around, right? It was a zero tomatoes. Yeah. And... So it was funny because he's even he's even quoted as saying everywhere but my own home country am I revered to as a, a movie genius, you know? And it's crazy. Now the thing is like a fucking cult film, okay? Like there's so many people yeah. who love the cult or love the thing so much. And back then it wasn't like that. It is so weird to see, you know, like the tables turn as time goes along, you know, like uh same with like Van Gogh, a lot of these artists and people that, you know, are, aren't revered as geniuses at their time often later on become recognized as such, you know? Yeah. And so John Carpenter, I collect a lot of, um, I have, Abby has, um, you know, the handbook for the recently deceased from Beetlejuice. She has. Okay. I I will tell you that I think that. You're going to cut the stream maybe when I say this, but I think that <laughs> when I think of the most overrated, horrible movies of all time, one of the first is ones that come to mind is Beetlejuice. I think it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember like I remember watching it because I had like a cult following. I remember watching it and yeah. I was like the whole time I was watching like, all right, when's this going to get good? And then the credits came and I'm like. You, you just is- like to tell children that Santa doesn't exist, okay? So like. 
You know, we always take your opinion with a grain of salt there, Chris. I mean, and, and people can love anything they want to love. I'm not, I'm not knocking anybody. I'm just saying don't, but it, don't expect it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, okay? What I was trying to say, though, is there, the book that's in the movie for the recently deceased, she has an actual prop book from the movie signed by Michael Keaton, um, yeah. signed by Tim Burton, and signed by the chick and Alec Baldwin, I think it is. Um Ben the chick, Super, right? I love this. But I mean like getting stuff signed is crazy. Like she also has uh she also has uh, uh a Freddy Krueger claw. She has that signed by Robert England, which is badass. Yeah, he signs I was gonna tell you, I was gonna mention him. He signs through the mail. Yeah, you, you can, can uh, mail stuff to him. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I'll like even like send you a photo of him like wearing it and shit. Yeah, yeah. Tim cool. Curry too. Tim Curry will do that. But yeah, Tim yeah. Curry, I mean, like, Tim Curry, sadly, he's had a few strokes, so he's kind of a little comatose, you know, he's it just in his wheelchair and stuff, so, like, you know, it takes a long time for him stuff to get signed, yeah. but Abby even has some signed, uh, some signed stuff by him, like, uh, she, she owns an original first edition printing of Stephen King's It, and it's signed by Stephen King. And when and when we went to that horror convention, she sent it with Tim Curry to get signed by Tim Curry. So Tim Curry and Stephen King, because you know Tim Curry played the original It. That's sweet, man. That's, that's cool stuff. Yeah. Oh my God, yeah. bro. She's she's way more methodical with her signatures. Like she's got manuscripts from movies, like The Labyrinth. She has uh uh. uh what can't remember something Henson. Jim Henson. She has Jim Henson signed it. Uh. David yeah. Bowie signed it. Uh, Jennifer Connelly signed it. Like all, like crazy. She has like a, a bunch of different signed yeah. stuff. She's way more methodical than I am. I'm like, get this Charizard and, and signed. Super cool or, stuff. Man. I get this Metagross um... signed. <laughs> you're you're thinking broke up a little bit there, but but yeah, yeah it's my whole life. And me and me and my old man too. We'll go to these comic cons and like a lot of these people, like these old actors and and uh, illustrators and whatever, were just. Yeah, I have an original drawing of um, He-Man and, and Skeletor on my wall out, out there. You know, like I just like used to get these sketches. And um, um, Bob Camp, the guy who did Ren and Stimpy, was my favorite show as a kid. Ren and Stimpy. That's I've dope. got a bunch of like original. Yeah, I got like, a bunch of like, original sketches from from Bob Camp, and um, I just love that stuff, and I always yeah. have. And like that's what these people did for a long time. Is like you know, once they were kind of like past their prime, they would just go to these cons. Yeah. And uh, I feel like everybody kind of does that now um, since yeah. conventions became a thing. Yeah, because now that, you know, you can't do events, you know, people stop doing it. Um, and some of them signed to the mail, and that's just, you know, it's cool. Um, Yuka Mori yeah. actually is doing that right now, too. Um, the was, yeah. The clay artist for Pokemon. So yeah, every clay he's... Pokemon that you've ever seen, I don't know if many people yeah. know this, but every uh, clay Pokemon that you've ever seen in a card form was drawn by, or not drawn, was uh, made by one person, and her name is Yuka Mori. Yeah, she um she did it, and then I think she got too like backlogged, so she kind of stopped. I, 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 I did get one signed by her, and it got. I didn't it get got anything signed by her because I was busy working on other stuff, and I just I I learned about it, and then I was like, oh yeah, and then fuck it. before I remembered it again, yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I probably shouldn't send anything to her. Did it? She's kind of done. Yeah, it kind of sucked because um the person that sent that I sent it in with like she actually like signed it like to that other chick that i sent oh so, so i was i was like whatever the japanese cards so, so like japanese is a little bit easier to just like take the ink off and not that i would like 
I'm not going to resell it or anything, but I didn't want somebody else's name on my card, you know? So I was, you know, I mean, it's your card, but yeah, but I was like, I just wipe it off. No big deal. But then like when they came in, she signed them with like a, with a fine tip pen. Yeah. So like the card has like the impression of the, of the name in it. So even if you wipe it, it still has it's like gonna be the dented. impression of the of the of the, the, wow, the name. That it, sucks. I, I'd be less mad if I didn't crack a PSA ten to do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my All gosh, right. bro! The amount of PSA tens I've cracked and slabs I've cracked to get signed. Remember, I did when I did a, when I cracked slicks um, PSA ten gold star can uh, <laughs> opener in the uh, yeah when I in the Airbnb. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was funny. And I regraded a nine, not because of me, it wasn't my yeah, fault. Yeah, I'm sure. But it I'm did sure. No, because something. No, I think um, something happened to it when it was getting signed. It was something that I, I forget what it was, but yeah. But I got it, these it, after that signing. I went and I bought these really extremely nice, like felt, uh, autograph trays, like really, really nice yeah. trays. Yeah. So then, like, I can just when I'm in hot line and hold them, I have my markers right there. You know, everything's nice. Yeah. Yeah, because like getting like the whole process, dude. Like, it's how easy it is to fucking ruin your cards or to to nick them oh, or. Yeah. I mean, like, the artist or, like, his handler, because, like, there's usually a handler who's grabbing it and then handing it to him, you know? And there's so much room for error. So much room for error. There is. There is. But there's always, like, um... I mean, there's some level of caution, but, I mean, you can't avoid accidents. And when you start adding more hands to the mix, there's, you know, it's bound to happen. I haven't had an experience yet, though, where, like... I've like cringed at like the way that they touch my card. You know, I haven't had that experience happen yet. Well, that's good. But yeah, like it, it totally could, you know. Yeah, but I, yeah. I, I have. I've been pretty like happy with the way that they've all handled the cards, but but you know, it's just that's part of the risk, man. You know, you don't crack out of ten and just uh, don't understand that there's a risk of doing it. Just, yeah. And I've done plenty of them, and I'm looking at two of them behind me that are Aritas that were nines and now they're eights, and. I have a few, I have a few Fukudas yeah. that I cracked from nines and now they're eights, and that's fucking bullshit. Yeah, I had, uh, I had, I was cracking PSA ten CP sixes, and I think one came back as an eight, and um, but wow. that's another card. I was buying them, I was buying them in tens for like fifty bucks. Yeah, and now they're what, like nine hundred in a ten? No, they're but, yeah, I, think I had like fourteen hundred in a ten or something. Have you seen my 1010 uh, CP6? Yep. I know you own my 1010. It's a gangster. Okay. But um, no sketch though. But then I was, I was talking about I was talking about, about cracking it. This is the ultimate stupid move is to crack this. But I might. Yeah, there's a chance that I'm going to crack this because I want to sketch on it. It's a 1010. CP6, I've heard but, I've heard that Arita won't sketch anything that he's already signed previously. I was told where that. You hear that? Uh, I'm not going to name that person, but it's somebody who's close to Arita. I don't know. You can come up with that name yourself, I think. Oh, funny. But yeah, I uh, I think I don't know. It doesn't really matter though if he doesn't. I, that's an amazing card, and there's still a lot of room on there, so I hope he does. You know, like, sometimes when he doesn't put the signature or the sketch on there, he'll put the the signature right in the middle, right? But it looks like it was it was up yeah. towards the picture more or the hollow, so there's actually some room 
to do it with and to do a proper sketch, not just some, you know, half ass. Just like hopefully hopefully when the time comes I'll be able to just buy another CP six ten and just crack it yeah, and hope yeah. to get a ten. Yeah. And, you know, what do you think about um, what do you think about March? Do you think Arita's gonna be able to show up or no? There's no you can't travel to and from Japan right now, I don't think. No, I agree. Do we want to go? Me and uh some people want to go to Japan. I don't even think we can travel. Yep. I don't think you can. But, uh, but I, I think Arita, like, I, I think I'm pretty sure his wife is, like, in bad health. I think he's married and his wife is, like, very, like, sickly. And he, I don't he think is, that he, he is married. Um, I, I don't, I don't really like speaking on, yeah, all that. But he does have a wife and a kid. Um, well, I'm not saying in a bad way. I'm, I'm just saying that I, I think that his, his wife has a lot of like health risks, and I don't think that he wants to travel. Oh, yeah, 100%. I think that... You know, what I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're immunocompromised, it's it's the worst. Yeah. And, you know, most... It's crazy. You would, you would think that, you know, being immunocompromised is a little bit more of an uncommon thing, but it's not. It's actually a pretty common thing for people to have that um compromisation of their immunity. yeah i just i don't i don't expect any signings to be in 2021 i mean and i've talked to the guy who who is um the organizer of the events mostly and i won't say names but um me and him are pretty pretty good friends and i talked about the other couple of days ago really about what the future is and you know he's pretty much confirmed that like 2021 is very unlikely um the end of the year is supposed to be Worlds, which is going to be in London. So that was supposed to be last year, but now they rescheduled it to this year for London. Um, if that happens, then artists always show up to Worlds, um, which is, a ch- you know, that could happen. Um, I'm going to say probably not, but it, it could still happen this year. We'd have Worlds in London. If that's the case and I'm not working, I'll go. I'll be there. Yeah. Um, I hope I can't. Um, but um, there's a few other artists that were kind of like on the radar before. I heard like Saito wanted to come back, and, and Arita can do whatever he wants. And this is like people I make he's more money. He's royalty in my eyes. Yeah, so he just does whatever, so he can show up whenever he wants to. I think last year he had like seventeen scheduled signings. Last year he did, a little... but he was also it was also a part of like the the yeah or whatever. So, but I'm saying like just he was general. doing because he was going to yeah. like a bunch of universities and teaching yeah, yeah. people. And it wasn't big that. time, whatever. He had like three. It wasn't like events. an actual art tour type thing. It was like a yeah, but he had, school tour, he had a and then he fitted in the signings in between them. Yeah, right, right. But it's just to, to speak on the volume of like how many events he can he can do. You know, because like, oh, yeah. he had Ocala and he had Jacksonville, I think, something like that. He had there were two in Florida back to back, and then yeah. Salt Lake City Worlds, um, or whatever, whatever it is. Um, and then Utah, like, we were gonna do Utah. Well, that's Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City, Utah. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, I didn't hear you say Salt Lake. Yeah. That's like three big signings that were going to be last year that didn't Well, happen. regionals, that Salt Lake City regionals, I heard, is actually a really, really big event. And, like, everybody from the area goes to that one specifically. So, I thought that was going to be a really big thing. Well, the, the problem was that um, the people on the West Coast don't get signings a lot. So, they have to fly out here or they got to buy them. Yep. So, for him to be able to on the west coast was a big deal because people that were on the west coast all the people in california whatever yep. they were all to planning to go to uh to salt yep. lake yep all yep. of them were that the future for signings though is going to be honestly it's going to be good for for us you know people that <laughs> what i'm saying I like is, how you say that. well let me finish right so what i'm what i'm saying is 
in the past, the signings would get really like saturated and dumbed down by people that would show up with like 75 Charizards yep. and pay and their mom and their kid and somebody from Instagram, whatever, to wait in line and get 75 Charizard signed. Yep. But that's think about back to Ocala, the last event in Ocala, you know, you could get a Charizard for 30 bucks, you know, in the LP ish condition. Like they were doing 30 bucks. You yep. know, it wasn't unreasonable a good Charizard for less than fifty dollars. Now you can't get a Charizard with a bend in it for less than two hundred. Yeah. yeah. So it's something like that. I, I made that number up, but something like that. So it's the the people that are going to flood it with all these Charizards and whatever are not going to be there. So it's at least it makes sense, right? To think that people wouldn't have fifty grand to spend on on cards to get signed. Because yep. that would be the equivalent of what they're doing. That's my that's my justification with my pop ones too. Yeah, so hopefully it's less crowded. Hopefully it's less like it, hopefully it's more of an investment. It's more of like a, a personal thing. Like I'm gonna get one really great card signed instead of three whatever bullshit card signed. Right. So hopefully it works out like that. But you never know what's gonna happen. But um, that's kind of like the what I'm speculating is that like the events were. I mean, were you, you were in Ocala, right? In Ocala, we no, made, I like, wasn't. Like, no, I wasn't. We waited like 13 hours to get to Arita the first day through. Yeah. You know? Oh my goodness. Bad. That's like one but, of the, well, that's like a nightmare story almost, like, Jesus yeah. Christ, 13 hours just to see the man one time, like, holy hell. And then I remember you telling me that that room had no AC, so it's just a bunch of fucking well, sweaties. I worked in restaurants my whole life in kitchens, so it's like... Not I'm a big very, deal for you, yeah, yeah, you're acting. Yeah, I can be on my feet in 100 degrees for a long time, but, like, some people, like, I know, like, my one friend was, like, hyperventilating because he had no, like, ventilation or whatever. Yeah, and, like, dude, like, fuck, man, you get a, you get a fucking, a bunch of sweaty 300-pound dudes together, yeah. they're gonna fucking create some heat, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, and, um, and then the thing, too, is, like, at the beginning, you get 10 things signed, and then by the time we got there, they cut it down to like five, five with like yeah. three sketches or something like that, three, whatever it was. We were not happy about that. And then there was almost like, there were a few fights that almost broke out that I'm yep. surprised didn't break out. Because uh, this one kid like skipped the line and like, <laughs> yeah, there was, it was, uh, it was bad. Yeah, I don't want to talk <laughs> more. Because a lot of that is a little like touchy, but yeah. It, right, it's, right. The, the, the search the, the situation was a little was i'm glad it was at least a little bit better organized in uh in dallas last year because it was it yeah. was pretty chill well you gotta remember too is like the like the ocala before that one you know set a precedent i think well no the room was empty like you could be like and i wasn't there i wasn't doing it i remember when it happened but i wasn't as big into like flying out and getting the whatever right, stuff right. i didn't have doing it so i kind of didn't do it but um at the time, like there were like three or four people that just kept rotating in line and getting a Rita autographs. Like, you know, there weren't people there. Yep. You know, it just it was a an empty room. Yeah. So when it when it, we did when the event happened again and there was ten thousand people there, it was just like, you know, it was so unprecedented that nobody knew how to handle it, and it just, you know, it was chaos. Dude. It was it was yep. really bad. After that, I think that all organizers really saw the power of a Pokemon signing, so I think that's why they won't ever be that disorganized again. Hopefully, I'm really praying, you know, because, like, uh, it, it, it depends on who, you know, like, let's say, because Arita can do whatever he wants, so, like, if he just goes with Joe Schmo organizer and really fucks it up, then, yeah, that, that's on them, but... 
for the most part, I feel like proper promoters and proper organizers will always be on that, you know? It's just like the, it's, it was the low hanging fruit. Whenever there's a low hanging fruit, there's going to be tons of people that want to go and cash in on it. And yeah, at the time they would see a, a, at the time, you know, an autographed Charizard was like 300 bucks, something like that, 250, 300 bucks. And people think, Hey, the autograph is going to cost you $15. It's going to cost me 20 bucks for the card. So yeah. if I just go to the event and I spend, and then the grading at the time would have been 20 bucks. So it's like, you know, if, if I just, if I spend, if I invest a hundred dollars into each card and I can sell them for 300 or 250. And if I do that times 15 times 20, I'm going to make a lot of money. And that's what people were were doing. It was just such an easy thing. We had people in in friggin' line, dude. It, people were in line selling their like, cards, right? Other cards and putting them up for like Raz and stuff, like in line. You know, oh we, like, in the background, like still like signing cards for him. He was in there. There were people that were taking photos and like selling them instantly. Like, you know, it just like it was a low hanging fruit. But now, like I said before, I think that the prices are going to weed out a lot of those people. You know, they might not get. They'll still get some cards signed, probably, but they're not going to come the in. Returns the returns will family. be there, but they won't be able to scale up like that. Well, the thing too is the thing about PSA. You know, at the time, you know, PSA could turn them around in, in a few months. Now, PSA, if you send it on bulk autograph submission, it's gonna it's gonna take you a year. Yeah. You know, so so not only are you investing that much money, you're also investing a year of your time to get it back before you can even get an ROI. Right. So unless you come for Express, which some people will, but most people won't pay you know, most people won't pay a hundred dollars to get it back quicker but rather wait and then you just get it back so you know that's the thing if it's a personal item and you're not going to sell it then you just send it in however you want to send it in but but yeah so i think i've still got signatures coming back right now from psa i just finally sent in one of my last batches i have a few cards um, so i've got autographs going back to february of last year almost a year that haven't been returned yet i I just uh, i just sent in five cards a month ago and they're on their way back just so now. we went to the, uh, the, the so Charles Martinet did a signing. Charles Martinet is the uh, the voice actor of Mario, yep. basically the guy who created the voice of Mario. So we went and got um, Charles Martinet autographs on um, on our Pikachu Mario's. You fucking and, bastard! Uh, yeah, and um, that was my idea. And then we a couple of us went and did it. And You're so that fucking was in cool, March. bud. Son of a bitch. Yeah, you know you know what I did that's even coolest. It's on my Instagram if you follow me. Can't yeah, do Chris. I do. I do. Somewhere. It's um, so I I bought a Saito autographed Pika Mario full art and that was already autographed, but I got a signed by Charles Martinet too. God, I could there. beat your ass. You know that? Yeah. <laughs> I just gave away. I just gave away my uh, my my thing here, but but wow. yeah, no, I did that, and um. That's cool. why you are who you are, bro. Like I, I, I look up to you a lot. I've always looked up to you since I came into the community. Like your fucking style is mint. Clearly, mint, see this my my Coles sweater. <laughs> uh, yeah, dude. It's you know it's always about being like. I mean, you gotta think back to the the paint pens and the metallic pens and everything. Like you know, nobody had done that until we did it. Yeah, just always trying to be. You know, nobody did that on Pokemon cards. There's plenty of people doing that for. Yeah, no, yeah, on pops and everything yeah. people were doing on, but but you never you never saw a Pokemon card signed in anything other than black sharpie until yeah. we started doing it. Next thing you know, everybody wants our pens in line. Like, yeah, hey, Chris, can I buy your red? You know, and like, you know, we were kind of, we, we know we obviously shared, but we're not like douchebags, but like, right. It, it, 
it was just like you know we were we just had the insight to just to, or the foresight rather to just like start doing something we always like something unique something different you know right it's, right it's cool i have fun to collect the same things everybody else you always want to do something different definitely you know that, Something cool, and it was uh, yeah. I hope that we can do. I hope they do more cons soon, man. I think. Dude, Florida's I I wish, man, because like Ocala for or not Ocala, uh, Jacksonville for us for Arita last year for Collective Con was gonna be so amazing, bro. And then yeah. I was gonna I well I did I rented a a, a mansion, bro, six thousand five hundred square feet uh, beach house for like fifteen hundred dollars a night dude it was fucking insane and i had it there for a week it was right on the beach too right on the fucking beach dude and yeah we had the big house too all we, that um, got messed up i was so excited bro like i really was and it, it bothers me really badly that we couldn't do that because like i was just getting into my mode of like you know, going to signings, you know, and that wasn't, we, I, like, I, I been done with the party life, you know, when I was younger, I did a lot of parties, a lot of festivals, a lot of traveling for all that, but now I'm like an adult and I'm taking my kids with me and I'm like trying to, you know, yeah. do, do the, the whole like workcation thing, you know, and the, get something done while yeah. I'm vacationing. And so that was really important to do. Like when, um, I don't know, did you hear when me and Zade, we, I, when I sponsored that team for a tournament, we went all the way to Collinsville and we, we had an amazing time and made a ton of money and we made, gained a bunch of new people as clients or followers, whatever. And so yeah. it's always fun, man. If you can always make it, every time you make it work, it's just fun. It's like, yeah, I've got a, a strong group of friends and i've got a bunch of people that don't care for me as much as the other ones do and that's fine you know but um yeah i've got a good strong group of friends um i guess i'm the one who likes to like you know party it up a little bit more when we go places i'm the only one that's like single and has no kids so it's like you know i'm, I'm like the one that's like you know still trying to you know have turn it into whatever and everybody else like i do we're going to bed right uh, right you know, but but it's, you know, it's always fun. We got a good group of guys and it's, you know, the, that's why like, I hang out with, you know, the vintage collectors. Cause it's like, you know, you don't get the the same type of people. Not to say there's nobody that the newer collectors that aren't cool. There's plenty right. of cool people, yeah, but yeah. like, but uh, you know, it's, it's easier to, I guess, to find somebody more your age that like remembers Pokemon as a kid. It's a guy just like you or me that, you know, you, you can relate to on other levels and you can actually be see yourself being a friend with the guy and, and in real life. And, that's the yeah. I've got a good, strong group of friends and we go to these events and it's always fun and rent a house and it's just like, you know, it's a good time. It and is, I, dude. I just, when when came over and I was opening good. up the Neo Revelation packs of the Airbnb, that was... I was there with the, with the Magikarp. Yeah, my, with my the Sony Magikarp. Yep. You can hear me in there. Yeah, you can. Um, you can. You were talking but, a bunch yeah, was, of shit to Lewis, and Lewis is like, "I'll stab you." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was fun, man. That was good. That was good. I hope we can do it in London. I hope that uh, we're hope gonna London do it works. in London. If everything clears up, we're gonna Brent, do it in like, London. Yeah, for sure. Like like we'll have a great night. time, dude. I'll I'll get a press pass or some shit, and we'll go backstage. I'll get like buck teeth <laughs> and a big hat. Reporter, <laughs> we'll get a fucking press sticker for her foreheads. No problem, but yeah, bro, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and end it there because this this has been a, a great conversation. Um, I just want to thank you for coming onto the show and giving us your experience, your knowledge, and your overall you know likes and dislikes because 
your perspective is super unique and being in the community this long, I think it's very important for the, the newer people to hear that and, you know, the type of type of relationship they should have with their collection. And you, you spoke greatly. So thank you, brother. Yeah, and I appreciate it. It's been fun. You have a good night. And that was Chris DiChiara, Canto underscore Chris on Instagram. Go follow him. He is a great, great, great collector. Also a big time, uh, I don't know how I should say this, big time chef. He could could beat the fuck out of Bobby Flay. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Uh, It was great to have him on the show today. So thank you. Thank you again. You guys have a good night. Make sure you like and subscribe. We'll see you in the next one.